doing things a little different this morning. We're going to talk about the Lord's Supper, and then we'll take the Lord's Supper a little bit later. We're doing this series on the explicit promises in Scripture where God or Jesus says, I will be with you when you do this or when this happens. And one of the most precious promises has to do with the Lord's Supper. This is the longest passage, the, the passage that Chip just read for us here in John chapter 6. And if you have your Bibles, you're going to want to turn to that chapter. But this promise is explicit also in Matthew, Mark, and Luke when Jesus says, as he institutes this feast that we're about to take, this is my body. This is my blood. We do this week after week, and I know how easy it is to go through the motions and have my brain go somewhere else. I do it too. I just want us today to pull our brains here and to realize what this actually means. What exactly God and Jesus have promised us is happening when we take this Lord's Supper. See, when God created human beings, he made us hungry. One of the very first things talked about for human beings is that God says, well, here's what I'm going to give you for food. You get to eat the plants and things. You can eat all these trees. Just, just, just one. Stay away from that one. But other than, you can have all these. And story after story after day. Here's, here's what you can eat. You can have this. You can have that. He made us hungry. It's a key part of what human beings are. When you get together with friends, usually it's like three or four sentences in. You want to eat? Where you want to eat? Let's go eat. That's just what God made us to be. We're hungry. Even when we're not hungry. You want to eat anyway? And we think about it all the time. It is a poorly kept secret that if you are a terrible writer, you can usually still make money by writing a diet book. They always sell, it seems like. Did you know that, no joke, there is a diet book out there. I really want to see a copy of this. The Ed McMahon diet book. Those of you who are old enough know who Ed McMahon is and you know why that's funny. We think about it all the time. Food. Americans spend 30 billion, with a B, 30 billion dollars a year just on dietary supplements and vitamins. So on average, every month, 
every man, woman, and child spends $68 just on, not on food, just on the stuff to go along with the food to make sure your food is healthy enough to keep you going. $68. Over a lifetime, every man, woman, and child could buy a Tesla. Not the good Tesla, but the cheap Tesla. Everybody could. Just on what we spend on vitamins and nutritional supplements. We are hungry. We think about food all the time. And the reason I'm emphasizing that is that although there have been philosophies and strands and religious traditions that have wanted to pretend like human beings are just uh, immaterial, that the important part about us is just our spirituality and our thinking part, God's not like that. God made us physical beings. And he uses our physicality to teach us a deep truth about us. And nowhere is that more clear than in this supper of the Lord that he has given us. He says, you're hungry. And I am giving you the food you want. That's what Jesus says. This whole episode, and, and we didn't have Chip read the whole chapter because it's a long chapter. But basically, the day before Jesus says all this that Chip read to us, a whole crowd had been there, 5,000 men, plus or not counting women and children, whatever that means. May have just been men. May have been like a quasi-military force. It seems like it, that was it. And they were out there in the wilderness and there was no food. And Jesus says, okay, guys, you're my men. Go feed them. And they say, Lord, we can't feed this many people. They're hungry. Where can we get food like this? <laughs> we don't have that kind of money. And then Jesus has them sit down in kind of quasi-military units. And then he feeds them. He takes the little bit that they have. And he gives thanks to God, and he starts breaking off pieces and handing it out. And they start handing it around, and he just keeps breaking off pieces. And pretty soon, 5,000 people who were hungry are full. And nobody really saw how that happened. I mean, it's not like nothing real visible. It's just that everybody was full. And in fact, at the end, they go, Okay, is your basket full? My basket's full too. Twelve guys have full baskets. Everybody's full? You're full? Yeah, I'm full. Which is so strange. So, and then Jesus just kind of vanishes. He sends his guys off. He sends the crowd off. And he vanishes. Turns out he walks across the water to join up with his people at Capernaum. The crowd comes trotting around the lake. They find him the next day, and they nudge him, and they prod him. And Jesus knows what's going on. Eventually they say, you know, Moses gave our fathers manna in the wilderness. What kind of sign could you do? They just want him to do that thing again. 
And then he starts talking, and he says, that manna was great that Moses did, although it wasn't really Moses. Moses was the conduit. It was God. But here's what I encourage you to be thinking about. You need the bread that God gives you, the bread that comes down from heaven. You're hungry. That's good. Here's what you need to be hungry for. The bread that comes down from heaven. I, verse 35 says, am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you don't believe. All those my Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up in the last day. At this, the, at this, the Jews there begin to grumble about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one, who has, seen the no one has seen the Father except the one who's from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Okay, what is Jesus saying? Well, I want to I pull four ideas out of this speech that he's giving. And I want to call your attention to it. Four ideas that relate specifically now to our understanding of what we're about to do when we take the Lord's Supper. He says, I am the bread of life. God has sent me. I am the bread of life, verse 49. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. But here is the bread that came down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. You know, we got these, these little bitty rip and sip things. And I know how routine this can feel sometimes. Do you realize what Jesus just said about these little things? He says, when you put this to your lips, this comes from heaven. I mean, it's what he said. This is Christ's body. This is Christ's blood. 
It comes from heaven. That's kind of an amazing thing, really. That here I am, and I've come from whatever it was I was doing last week, you know? And I got sticky bits of the world, you know, clinging to me. I know. You do too. And, and, and the world wants to distract me and wants me to think about that stuff. It wants to drag me down. And it wants to discourage me. And it wants to keep me here. When I come to this place, and I spend time with you, God's people. And then we take a moment and we eat this bread and we drink this cup. We're actually eating heaven and drinking heaven. Heaven comes into us. Isn't that amazing? Jesus has come to heaven to give us a piece of heaven. And he gives it that. We're hungry. He says, you need to be hungry for this. A piece of heaven. The Lord Supper, he says, comes from heaven. So when we take it, let's remember, whatever the world has been saying to us and doing to us all week, right here, right now, we say, I'm touching heaven. Back off, world. <laughs> Jesus says something else. Look down at verse 53. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, because they didn't like that idea. And Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. He says this is, this is what you should be hungry for. This is what will truly feed what you really need. And it's what will give you life. God made us hungry. He, we need to eat. And mostly when we eat, we're living off the death of something. If you're a vegetarian, you're living off the death of plants. If you're a meat eater, you're living off the death of animals. You know, that's just, that's, that's how it works. We live off of the death of others. And what Jesus is calling our attention to, and, and I don't know, this, this can shock you, I guess. When we take this bread and we drink this cup, Jesus is helping us to realize we're living off the death of Jesus. And I hope that doesn't horrify you. I hope that it thrills you and encourages you. 
I hope that it tells you the true reality of God's love for you. Now, God could say I love you. The Bible could testify God loves you, and it does. But when we take this, we are realizing I'm being fed. I'm being kept alive. My life is being sustained by the death of Jesus Christ. I'm being nourished. His death is going into me so that I can be kept alive. And the only reason that happens is because he loved me all the way. So when I take this, I need to remember that's what that means. He loves me all the way. And he keeps me alive. The Lord's Supper shows that our life depends on Jesus' love for us. He keeps going. Look at verse 56. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. When you take this Lord's Supper, and I don't know how this works, and there have been Strange theories about how this works, and none of those theories make a lot of sense probably, but, and people have fought about it, and please don't fight about it. Uh, you probably aren't going to understand it till you get to heaven, so don't worry. But somehow, some way, the Bible does say this. This Lord's Supper seals your continuing life in Jesus and Jesus' continuing life in you. Week after week, you take it. And week after week, you continue being, remaining in Jesus, this says. And he continues remaining in you, living in you, being in you. What that means I don't know for sure exactly how that works. And I'm not sure I will know until I get to heaven. Maybe not even then. I don't care too much. What I do care about is, well, whatever it is, it sounds really good. I want that to happen. I don't ever, ever want a week to go by without getting Jesus in me <laughs> and me staying in Jesus. I just don't want that to happen. Jesus made us 
God made us hungry. And he made us, on a deeper level, hungry for this. To be reunited with him. It's going to happen ultimately in the kingdom of heaven. When we are together with God, God is together with us. But every week when we come together, we get a little taste of it. That's what this is. Look back up at verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And then down in 58, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. The Lord's Supper tells us we will live forever with Jesus. I know you probably have friends that spend a lot of money on dietary supplements and vitamins and minerals. And the idea of that is to extend this life a little bit longer. And that's good. Whatever works, that's fine. A few more years. But here is the food that's going to make you live forever. <laughs> because it's powered by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And when CVS and Walgreens are all gone, this is still going to be working to make you alive. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the body and blood of Jesus Christ in you is still going to be making you alive. I want everybody right now, I love it when you look at me, I'm, I'm an attention hound, I get it. But right now, I really do want you to look at the people behind you and beside you. Please do, just look around, rubberneck, please these people that are about to take the Lord's Supper with you, you're going to get to see them a million years from now and smile. Remember that sermon? He told us we'd do this. I hope I'm there, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on it. A billion years from now, you're going to smile and remember, Lord's Supper did this for us. Blood of Jesus put us here. We get to enjoy God forever because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ. That's what makes us live forever. Jesus' love for us does that. That's what we're doing week after week. Is we're remembering that the sacrifice of Jesus has given us life forever. Brothers and sisters, Jesus did all the work. We have a tiny job. Our job, week after week, stay with our Savior.
Let's pray and prepare ourselves in a moment for the Lord's Supper. Dear God and Father, we thank you so much for your blessings. We thank you particularly for the blessing of your, the supper of your Lord, of the Lord. We thank you so much for the bread. We thank you so much for the fruit of the vine. But more than that, we thank you for the body and blood of Jesus Christ that it represents. Dear God, help each one of us week after week to revel in the the beauty of this feast and help us to draw strength from it and power from it to live for you. These things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to stand and sing a song to prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. That song is number 359, 359, O Sacred Heads. 